Today on Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. There is no good that comes out of gambling. This is a social trend that is hurting people. And for everyone that wins big, there are a million losers and multiplied sorrow with it. As Spurgeon said many years ago, a young gambler is sure to be an old beggar if he lives long enough. Throughout history, followers of Jesus have gone against the grain of culture in their practice and beliefs. But when it comes to gambling, it's not only a biblical prohibition, there are countless reasons it's simply a bad idea. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy explains how placing bets is foolish and faithless. It's the conclusion of a message titled, All Bets Are Off. And if you missed an earlier part of this lesson, you can replay it online at ktt.org. Now, here's Philip DeCourcy with today's message. Well, how are we to view gambling? Well, we started to look at six principles that seem to underscore the thought that God sees no good in gambling. And the Word of God by principle and by pattern would seem to encourage the Christian not to get involved in gambling for money that might involve and result in financial loss. Remember, we looked at providence and prudence. Providence argues against gambling. Gambling uh, is underwritten by the whole idea of luck and chance, and people are excited about that. People yield themselves to the thrill of that. But the whole idea of luck, we saw, is something that's antithetical to the idea of a sovereign God and a purposeful creation. Gambling is not a harmless pastime. It is an affront to a sovereign God who orders all things after the purpose and counsel of his own will. We saw, secondly, that prudence argues against gambling. When you consider the odds, gambling makes no sense. In fact, the book of Proverbs reminds us that God wants us to live skillfully and successfully, and that comes through discernment between what is right and what is wrong, what is foolish and what is wise. Two paths are set before us in this book, and the prudent walk one and the simpleton walks another. Gambling is wrong, Thirdly, because it questions God's ownership of our possessions. The Bible presents the stewardship of material things as a crucial issue of discipleship. God is the owner and the giver of all things who um, parcels out His goodness and mercy to us individually. And the Christian understands that and understands, therefore, that throughout life they are a recipient of God's grace and by implication they must act as a trustworthy trustee of what God has entrusted to them. We see this principle in the book of Proverbs. In fact, Proverbs 3 verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions. There's my word. Our wealth, our wherewithal has been given to us by God that we might manage His grace and His goodness in a way that honors Him. We do not live with a sense of entitlement. We do live with a sense of eternity. And the fact that what God has given to us, we ourselves 
must use in a way that honors him. We are accountable for how we spend our money. Therefore, we must not spend it foolishly. So providence and prudence and possessions would argue against gambling. Brings me to the fourth thought. Productivity argues against gambling. Productivity argues against gambling. If you really think about it, gambling mocks and minimizes hard and honest work, which by contrast in the book of Proverbs is underscored as a virtuous path to prosperity. In fact, the book of Proverbs encourages a man not to sleep in on life or to chase fanciful dreams, but to work hard and make the most of his opportunities. Look at Proverbs 26, verse 16. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. The Bible here is condemning a lazy man who does not take his opportunities, who wants to be taken care of hand and foot. Proverbs 12, verse 11. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread. Here we're encouraged to work hard and honestly, and God will use that as a means by which to provide for our daily necessities. But he who follows frivolity, vain things, empty things, I've said it can be translated, he who chases fantasies is devoid of understanding. Rax Rogers has written a tremendous book on gambling. Here's what he says about that verse in Proverbs 12, 11. There is no better definition for chasing fantasies than gambling. Gambling encourages people not to work and to throw their money away on blind wishes. By gambling, people attempt to make void God's principle. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. Gambling masquerades as a surrogate for work. It undermines work, rationality, responsibility, but work is both a command and a gift from God. That's what's so sad about our state legislators endorsing lotteries and the expansion of legal gambling because they're encouraging people not to work. The book of Proverbs warns us to work hard, to not chase fantasies. Yet gambling plays into the indolence and idolatry of the unregenerate heart. We have a tendency to want something for nothing. The less we can do, the better we can do. And gambling offers you all of that. Just pay your money, take your ticket, scratch the card, and maybe you'll never have to work another day in your life. Yet the book of Proverbs holds work up as a gift, as a purpose as a means by which man does himself good, subdues the earth and brings glory to the creator. But we like to lay back like the old mountaineer and his wife who were sitting in the front of the fireplace one evening. The wind was whistling outside and after a long silence, the wife said, Jed, I think it's raining. Get up and go outside and see. After a while, the old mountaineer shook himself and replied with a sigh, Oh, Ma, why don't we just call in the dog and see if he's wet? Yeah? That's the heart of man apart from the grace of God. And gambling plays to that. Gambling feeds upon the sinful desire to escape work. Gambling is a friend to laziness. Gambling promotes the chasing of fantasy. Gambling defaces the image of God in man as a creative and constructive worker. That's why it resonates with our culture. 
I think you need to think through this idea. Parallel to this expansion in gambling, America has become the most leisure-oriented and leisure-obsessed culture in the world. America used to work hard. America now plays hard. Americans want more for less. Listen to these words from Neil Postman. He says in a book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, at different times in our history, different cities have been the focal point of radiating the American spirit. In the late 18th century, Boston was the center of political radicalism. In the mid-19th century, New York had become the symbol of a melting pot nation. Chicago, the city of big shoulders, came to symbolize the industrial energy and dynamism of America. Today, says Neil Postman, we must look to Las Vegas as a metaphor of our national character and aspiration. Its symbol, a 30-foot-high cardboard picture of a slot machine and a chorus girl. For Las Vegas is entirely devoted to the idea of entertainment. Think about that. A city, a city devoted to this one idea, entertainment, gambling, leisure. He goes on to say, for Las Vegas is entirely devoted to the idea of entertainment and as such proclaims the spirit of a culture which all public discourse increasingly takes the form of entertainment. Our politics, religion, news, athletics, education, and commerce have been transformed into congenial adjuncts of show business. The result is that we are a people on the verge of amusing ourselves to death. And we are. And you wonder why people want to gamble? Because people want the easy life. And it undermines the whole idea of purpose and creativity and work. The very thing that made this nation the great nation it was. And I use that word was purposefully because on our present course, we will be no longer great because gambling just as one incident is undermining the very things that, that tempered the American spirit, hard work, personal responsibility. Which brings me to a fifth point. Providence argues against gambling. Prudence argues against gambling. Possessions argue against gambling. Productivity argues against gambling. Poverty argues against gambling. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, one of the most significant sins of the gambling industry, in my mind, is its despicable and deliberate abuse and treatment of the poor. This industry willingly and wantonly preys upon those who can least afford to gamble. Rather than offering the poor a genuine way out of poverty as the billboards promise outside of Detroit, cities like Detroit, you'll see these billboards, your ticket out of here. That's what they promise to the poor, to the disadvantaged, to the vulnerable in our society. But rather than offering them a genuine way out of poverty, gambling steals what little the poor man has. The way out of poverty is hard work a good education, faithfulness in the small things until providence opens a door of opportunity for you. That's the old way, and it worked. Now, the gambling industry offers the poor a ticket out of his poverty. But it's not a ticket out of poverty. It's a ticket into poverty. 
Statistics tell us that people in the lowest income bracket spend four times as much of their salaries on gambling as those in the higher wage brackets. Interesting, isn't it? Why is it that lottery ticket outlets are to be found in greater numbers in lower income areas of our cities? Did that happen by accident? Don't kid yourself. That happened on purpose. This is where they pitch themselves to the poor. And for everyone that wins big, there are a million losers and multiplied sorrow with it. That's the facts. And yet the book of Proverbs warns us not to exploit the poor, not to take advantage of the disadvantaged. Listen to um, some verses from Proverbs. Proverbs 14.31, He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Proverbs 16, verse 8, Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. Proverbs 22, verse 16, reinforces this thought again. He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. According to the book of Proverbs, those who live in poverty are often easy pickings for those who wield greater wealth or power. And so the Lord of the end time harvest commits himself to fight against those who will not protect the poor. And he promises severe punishment to those who take advantage of the weak. Seems to me, in the light of such admonitions, that to bet is to gamble with God's judgment as it relates to the poor. This is a social trend that is hurting people, adding to our national poverty levels, breaking up marriages, driving men, women, and teenagers to suicide. There is no good that comes out of gambling. Poverty argues against it. As Spurgeon said many years ago, a young gambler is sure to be an old beggar if he lives long enough. High true. Which brings me to our final thought. Peace argues against gambling. Gambling is a no-no because it works against peace and contentment in the heart of the Christian. Throughout the book of Proverbs, the believer is encouraged to find contentment in those things that money cannot buy and death cannot steal. That is true wealth. If you want to measure your wealth and ask yourself, what do I have that money cannot buy and death cannot steal? And the righteous man, the man who has come to know God through Jesus Christ, has many of those things. Listen to Proverbs 15, verse 16. Proverbs 15, 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. By the way, just as an interesting study, why don't you trace the life story of those who have won big on the lottery? I was just reading the story of um, a man by the name of William Bud Post who won the Pennsylvania lottery in 1988. He won $16.2 million the day he got rid of all of his money by literally paying off the last few debts that he had incurred, he said it was the happiest day in his life. His brother had tried to kill him for his money. He went through four wives. His life was a total mess. And his story can be multiplied. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Listen to Proverbs 16, verse 8. 
Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. This verse says that it's better to be poor while living according to God's standards than to have great possessions purchased at the price of doing what does not accord with that standard. Gambling doesn't accord to God's righteous standards. To win big in gambling is not to win at all because you have won something that puts you on the wrong side of God's righteous standards. Better a little with the fear of God. Better a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. Look at Proverbs 23, verse 17 and 18. Again, this theme of contentment beyond material possession. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all day, for surely there is a hereafter and your hope will not be cut off. Contentment comes from living by God's priorities. And in order to be content, one must hold on to what God values even while others are casting it aside. Our society may be casting that which we believe to be right aside, but we should never be tempted to follow them because their great treasure comes with great trouble and their great revenues put a man into eternal debt. And the Christian is told not to envy the sinner because envy is coveting what others have even to the extent of wishing ill upon them. And it seems to me if you study the history of gambling and the fruit of gambling both in individual lives and society at large, gambling is no ally in the war against discontentment Gambling will never leave you where you will find your one security in the sufficiency of God. Because gambling increases covetousness. It feeds upon greed. It is driven by a sense of selfishness where you covet what others have, even to the desire of wishing them ill. That's the whole point about gambling. You win at another person's expense. Your joy is their sorrow. Your gain is their loss. Your smile is their tears. That's gambling. It's covetousness and greed written large in our society. It is a desire to have what others have and if need be to take it from them in gambling apart from work or compensation. And according to Exodus 20 verse 17, covetousness is a violation of God's law. And it seems to me it's also a violation of Christian love. Because in Philippians 2, verse 3, we're told to look out for the interests of others before ourselves. How can you be looking after the interest of your neighbor when through gambling you rob him, in many cases, of what little he has? That's not loving your neighbor. Lutzer said, remember that gambling is stealing by mutual consent. Covetousness was the very sin that brought the human race down when Adam and Eve refused to be stewards of what God had given them and sought to be the owner of another's property. Listen to these words as we draw to a close from James Kennedy in his book, Can America Be a Christian Nation Again? He says this, Coveting is desiring anxiously, yearning to possess something that belongs to another without due compensation. That is exactly what gambling is. Covetousness is desiring what belongs to our neighbor. The covetous man has put things in the place of God. He is mired down in the mudflats of materialism and has forgotten the kingdom. 
He goes on to say this, the greatest example of this in history is the picture of the Roman soldiers, the gamblers at Golgotha, surrounding the cross of Christ. They are down on their knees with their faces to the mud, casting dice for the garments of Christ, while above them the Savior of the world is dying. Gambling has a pernicious effect upon people in every conceivable way. Gambling does indeed draw men just like the Roman soldiers away from that which is of eternal worth. That's why we're against gambling. And I am against gambling because gambling is an attack upon the fundamental nature of God and man. God is sovereign. Gambling is based on luck and chance. Man was created in the image of God to work purposefully. Gambling undercuts the whole work ethic and the value of service. I'm against gambling because it appeals to the worst in man, the covetousness of his heart, the greed and his love of material things. I'm against it because it appeals to the worst in man, leaving him loving money rather than his neighbor. I wish it wasn't the case, but it is the case. America is betting its future on gambling. Let's pray that in our corner of God's world, that you and I, one, will shun this evil. Two, that we will give a reasonable hope for the way we act in this world according to God's righteous standards. Three, that we will have compassion upon those who are entrapped in this. Four, that we will prove to be very generous people, people whose hearts are open, people who don't need to be squeezed or pushed to give. That would be a tremendous witness in a society where people want more and more for doing less and less, who are more than happy to get that by taking it from their neighbor and often from the neighbor who can ill afford to have it taken away from them. All bets are off. That's the title of today's message on Know the Truth and the conclusion of a series in the book of Proverbs from Philip de Courcy. Over the past few weeks, we've looked at tried and true wisdom in this ancient book and practical tips for a successful life. If you'd like to hear these studies again, you can access the complete set. You'll hear practical messages about making wise choices, maintaining and building relationships, managing money, and more. Just visit us online at ktt.org or on the KTT app. The series is titled, That Makes Good Sense. As you may know, sharing God's Word is our mission here at Know the Truth. Each day, we teach the life-changing truth of the Bible with listeners all over the country through the radio and Internet, some hearing the gospel for the very first time. But without generous, like-minded believers like you, this ministry would not be possible. So, if you would like to help reach more souls for Christ, would you consider giving monthly as a Truth Ambassador or give a one-time gift of any amount? Call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. And as a thank you for your gift, we'll send you Seasons of Sorrow, The Pain of Loss and the Comfort of God by Tim Challies. Whether it's you or a friend, this book is for anyone who is loved and lost and could use some encouragement. Learn how God is still sovereign over loss, how to pass through times of grief while keeping your faith, and how biblical doctrine can work itself out even in life's most difficult situations. Call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. 
You can also write to us. Address your envelope to Know the Truth. Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. One more thing, if you'd like to stay up to date on all things Know the Truth, be sure to connect with us in our social media channels. Just search for Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and click follow. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us again next time for more convicting and encouraging Bible teaching from Philip DeCourcy. That'll be next time right here on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. <laughs>